It's like a pig giving you a back rub. That's right. You're like, yeah, oh, there's, there's, there's effort, but no real efficiency. Did you guys, That's right. Did you guys see the end of Top Chef Masters? I no. sure did. Oh, okay. Did a pig give someone a back rub? Megan oh, I- don't spoil it! <laughs> <laughs> Megan and I just finished it like six minutes ago. I'm not going to tell you who this was in relation to, but one of the chefs was like, eating this was like, you're swimming in the ocean, and you're doing the backstroke, and the sun is on your face, and then a pig gives you a back rub. It was the best thing I've ever eaten. Listen, Francis oh, Lamb gross. may be my girlfriend's biggest crush right now. <laughs> Because of the pig back rub metaphor? Also because he's adorable and has a tattoo on his right forearm. Does he really? A tattoo? Uh, a, a red t- stripe, yes. Like the beer? I don't understand. Like, the pig would have to be under... If you're doing the backstroke, he'd have to be underwater. Yeah. It's an aqua pig. Or Yeah, or you're just drowning a pig is what his, is yep. his fantasy. Turns out. Eating that is like <laughs> laying on a pig until it drowns. And <laughs> selfishly demanding a back rub. <laughs> <What>? Yeah. <laughs> Good evening, Meat Suits and Meat Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 168. We have now done as many episodes as the number of hours in a week. Whoa. Wow. Speaking of lots of time, we have also now consumed 78 hours of Twilight books and movies. Consumption kind of implies that you got some nourishment from it. I think that's just passed through our systems. <laughs> consumption implies that you're bleeding from the lungs, Ezra. <laughs> I, I think in some states you guys are married to Kadushin. <laughs> Ileana Kadushin, I want to yeah. have your Kadushin. <laughs> but it's a I little dirty, Kadushin. so Kadushin it out first. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so this week we're talking about the fourth half of Breaking Dawn by Stephanie Meyer and read <laughs> on an audiobook by Ileana Kadushin. It does a fine job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, she her, she her does male... roughly the same job. She Let's does. say that. She does. Except for her, her Renesmee voice, because fuck that. <laughs> I have nightmares now, so thank you. Uh, so uh, you can uh, read along with this. If you want to hear Ileana Kadushin's fantastically oh. tolerable performance, you can go right now to audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. And if you go there, you can get a free... Tr- if you sign up for the free trial, you can get a free audiobook of your choice from their 100,000-plus titles. Even so, something good. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, fiction, nonfiction, also periodicals. Lots of good options. So, get on it! Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. Also, if you want to force us to read anything under the sun or watch anything you can imagine, go to read slash sponsor. Uh, put your email address in there, and we will let you know as soon as we have more episodes coming soon in probably... December will be opening that up again. Also, before I go any further, don't forget to send a goodbye message to Twilight for us. Since this is... The, the Hags, Twilight. Hags, Twilight? Have a great summer. Oh. 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 Yeah. Have fun in the sun, get laid in the shade, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, so did any of those messages, sign the, the Twilight's yearbook. Uh, uh, the best thing to do would be to call and leave us a message so we can play it on the air, or you can also text us 509 588 1280. 509 588 1280. Also, podcast at read 
I'll, we'll take a haiku, a limerick, any any sort of a, uh, you know a, a yearbook autograph, anything you want to say to s- send off Twilight forever. Let me introduce you to today's panel. Uh, I'm, a- I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash Alex Falcone, at Alex Falcone on Twitter, or for pictures of cakes, good or bad, on Pinterest, Alex Falcone, all squished together. Good stuff in the in the internet that has mm. my name on it. Check it out. Yum. Uh, and here are some of my friends in San Francisco, California. It's Ezra Fox. Alex, watch out. This is going to be an epic vampire battle, unless we just talk it out and we're fine. <laughs> I, I I know which one I'm hoping for. <laughs> I know which one happened. <laughs> also joining us, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter. Today, reporting live once again from New York, New York, in Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Listen, Stephanie Meyer didn't have to try hard to find my power. I just split the earth exactly like another X-Men character from X-Men Evolution called <laughs> Earthquake. <laughs> Well, at least she didn't have to think of more powers, because when she does that, it gets weird. Yeah, it turns out this <laughs> vampire that's, that like shoots out claws from their hands and heals really fast and smokes cigars. <laughs> the power of smoking cigars, because that's super hard to do. Turns out there's another vampire that has the power of magnetism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also joining us, she's back. She, they call her Twilight Sarah on the bus now, these days. Please welcome back, Sarah Hathaway. I flexed. <laughs> was that uh, your impression of Alice doing her kegels? No, well, it could if be as oh well. That would be maybe more interesting, although I still would not want to listen to it. That's actually just the only thing Bella said for the last like hour of audiobook. Yeah. yeah. I stretched my shield, stretching it. She did talk about how people tasted when they attacked her in Ugh. in her attacked her shield. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, but no one tasted like honey baked ham. <laughs> so everyone's I bet a disappointment. Alice like honey baked yeah. ham. Oh, I mm. bet she does. <laughs> Boom. And spiral cut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> like a duck. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's not what that means. <laughs> let's find out. Let's find out what happened in the last quarter of Breaking Dawn. The only way to do yeah. that is through Chris. He's our resident yes. summarizer Hello. for for your freakish recall and your dulcet tones, Chris. Yep. Please summarize for me in the style of a sneaky Italian vampire king. <laughs> <laughs> Bella Swan and Edward Cullen are married and have a baby named Resnesme. <laughs> but the problem is not that they're married, which is good and right and just, but they're married too young and they have a baby who is half human. And the vampire police, the Voltori, want to kill Renesme the baby. <laughs> Bella and Edward and their family form a big group uh, and they tell the vampire cops that the baby is alright and adorable and not a crazy vampire. The vampire cops want to kill everyone. But they don't. After Bella and Edward amass a big enough army against them. That's right. There was going to be a fight. A big war. And there isn't a fight. The end. (laughs) 
it sounds kind of anticlimactic when you say it that way or when you read it. <laughs> well, sure, Anything. if you pay attention to what happened. It was going to be a big fucking fight, and everybody had a big stratego, and then there wasn't a fucking fight. <laughs> I mean, can I just compliment that right away? Because I actually love that. Because like, there's just one part of it I love, which is how many books can say... They ended in a climactic negotiation. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. in, a, in a climactic game of, of Parker Brothers diplomacy. <laughs> well, it's because everyone's favorite plus-sized vampire thought about it hard enough. <laughs> Wait, who's that? Is that Lena Dunham? <laughs> what? <laughs> Siobhan. That, that was uncalled for. I was talking about Siobhan. You, you take that back. She's the voice of a generation. <laughs> you take that back. How dare you call her a vampire? She just lost her voting virginity. <laughs> it was inspirational. No, I was talking about Siobhan. That's the um, the Irish vampire who's like undulating and massive. Right. Yeah, you know, that was your compliment from last week about you wanted to know if there was, could be fam- fat vampires, and there was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. I totally forgot about that the whole time. I wish it, w- it would have been better if I'd been picturing the fatness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I was looking out for it. Sparkling fatness. I was hoping there'd be like sort of like a Irish Irish jig, I guess, scene where she just like dance and be like a, a mesmerizing lava lamp. <laughs> it is weird that she's just undulating all the time. Well, it's very windy, <laughs> and it? and she's spiral cut like one of those things on your porch, so it spins all day. Uh, that's not what spiral cut means, but that's cool. <laughs> it's in the ballpark. Cut into a spiral. That's not it. <laughs> Sure. Okay. Uh, so right, what we're doing right now, it's the compliment sandwich. We start and end with a compliment every time. That's how we sound like fair and legitimate criticism. I've gone first. Sarah, you have the right to go second or last. Which do you prefer? Um, I guess I'll go last. There's so much to choose from. Okay. Well, I'll give you a little time. Ezra, <laughs> what is your major compliment to um, Breaking Dawn Part 4? You know, I, I like that the Volturi have a little bit of sense of showmanship. Um, the way they killed um, Irina... Um, yeah, sort of like so. Arena uh, talked some shit about the the Cullens and said that they have like a immortal child when they didn't, but she thought they did. And uh, and then when it found out that Arena was lying or, or just mistaken, whatever, same diff. Um, <laughs> like three Volturi guards just like pop up in front of her, and then like there's sort of like it's like a quick change, like kind of David Copperfield like magic thing. Uh, and then poof, she's like rubble. Yeah, she's she's burned yeah. like every one of the demon dead should be. Yeah. And also, maybe a dove. <laughs> she was cut in half, and then half again, and then half again. <laughs> Where did the Empire State Building go? What a great trick. That was a kind of an interesting part, though, because uh, Bella mentioned briefly that they had these like amazing gadgets that spurted fire. And I was like, so they have either a blowtorch, a flamethrower, or, or a, a Zippo. big lighter. A big, yeah. yeah or like... I, <laughs> She has never seen any of those things. The, uh, well, they, they, they did say, I think uh, Aro, the evil king, said that humans were someday going to develop the technology to destroy Already vampires. had. Indeed, they already <laughs> had the technology yeah. to Turns be able out, to threaten Turns out, just no vampires had ever heard of Zippo before. Yeah. They already have the ability to produce fire in their hands. From nothing but alcohol and sparks. <laughs> uh, where are we? That leaves you, Chris. What's your minor compliment? Major compliment. Uh, my comment is that the uh, Volturi represent new media, or at least they respect new media. And what I mean <laughs> by that is when they're going to kill off everybody, they not only bring all of their army, and they not only bring their wives to have an excuse to vacation, but they bring a number of regular-ass vampires to serve as bloggers. 
<laughs> and those bloggers are going to record the fact that these other vampires were bitches. And yeah. the Volturi aren't like, hey, we're going to write our own story. We're going to let the bloggers write their own story. So so in your world, like bloggers and like the angry mob carrying torches to the castle, like that's the same thing? Uh, have you ever been to Fashion Week, sir? No, no I haven't. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yes, it's the same thing. <laughs> I... I guess the only thing that's weird about calling them an angry, like, torch-carrying mob is isn't the angry torch-carrying mob usually going up to the vampire's castle to destroy him because he's one of the demon dead? Well, it turns <laughs> out that these bloggers have already been converted and are just scared for their fucking lives. <laughs> Plus, I mean, in, in defense of, of not doing that, Alex, sometimes going up to, like, the vampire's, like, castle, it's on, like, a hill. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's not fun. You gotta have a serious calf and quad strength for that. <laughs> not, your average vlogger cannot handle that kind of stair climbing. They've already tied their bow tie just so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Fashion Week bloggers might be different than other bloggers if you're a picture nope. of a blogger has got nope. a nope. bow tie. All the same. They've all, all the got same. bow ties? It's Each mandatory. and every one. Man. <laughs> it comes with a MacBook Air. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Wait, shut up. I have an MacBook Air. <laughs> all right. Uh, Do you have a bow tie? Oh, I wish. Sarah, <laughs> it is now, you're, you can put it off no longer. What is your major compliment? Um, so my compliment is for the Christmas presents that Bella, Edward, and Jacob get for Renesmee. Ugh. <laughs> um, because they're perfectly represented, like, re- representative of each of their worldviews. So Bella gives her a terrible-sounding locket with a death inscription in it. That's like drab and over dramatic and inappropriate for a child. Yes. Um, Edward gives her an MP3 player because he's a douchebag. <laughs> and nothing says, Wait, I you love my five year old daughter. More. Let me give you a like Rio MP3 yeah. player. <laughs> yeah. And he like holds up to 100 songs. songs. Yeah. He like loaded it full of songs that like he wrote for her. It's just very pretentious and inappropriate. That is a little pretentious. And Jacob gave her a bracelet that was uh, a promise ring. So yeah, he like, basically creepy. put a ring on this infant Yeah, as he well. did. I would say, like, normally Jacob would give her a motorcycle. Right. Or a, or a motorboat. Yeah, or a motorboat. Not cool, guys. <laughs> You know, we haven't we didn't talk about that at all last time about how Jacob is hitting on a baby this whole book. We sort of left that behind for a while, but it the Well, let's ring... approach this. <laughs> oh, there is there is much to unpack because also the end of this book introduced a baby love triangle. <laughs> it's never too early for your first love triangle. <laughs> yep. My first love triangle. <laughs> By Runesme. Runesme. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and that was a creepy part, too. So they have the, like, deus ex other half-vampire child uh-huh, at the end that, uh-huh. like, looks like he's 17, too. So they'll all end up looking the same age, for one thing. Yeah. For another thing, he's like, oh, yeah, we reached full maturity in, like, seven years. And she's like, I felt Jacob shudder. And I was like, did he just get a wolf boner thinking about this baby? Oh, God. <laughs> Side note. Thinking about this seven-year-old. <laughs> Should there be a different word for a wolf boner? <laughs> nope. A woner? Uh, yeah. <laughs> a howler? <laughs> oh, I do like a howler. <laughs> I have heard as much, Chris. <laughs> Mouth is alive, juice is like wine.
All right, so we're sort of already into it, but it's time for our uh, our anchor segment, our hate segment. Uh, today we're just gonna splash these evil vampires with some Haiti water. <laughs> yeah, the the thing about the Deus Ex other vampire kid uh, was like there was a part earlier on when she was learning her magic powers where she's like it was surprisingly easy, which could have been the theme for this book. <laughs> like every yeah. like well. Uh, we got to go find. There are legends of other cre- creatures like this. If only we can search the whole globe and find one in just a day and a half. Yeah. Well, that was I mean, surprisingly like, easy. So the weird thing is that all vampires have have the possibility of having special powers. Bella's special power is that other vampires' powers can't affect her, and that she learns how to extend her shield over other vampires. Apparently. Just in the nick of time so that the vampire cops with their crazy special powers that are so much better than everybody else's can't affect her army. If she was a superhero, she would be the buzzkill. Exactly. She, you know what? She would be res life (laughs) killing the fun. (laughs) But like the other thing is, is like, so they finally build it up that she is so powerful and so strong but her power is passive, because of course it is. Uh-huh. She loses concentration if she moves, and it's only or- good on mental attacks. So she has one moment where she's like, oh man, if someone just runs at me, I'm going to die. Yeah. My yeah. job is to stand here. I am. Yeah. Y- y- did somebody call for the wet blanket? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and she doesn't even realize how important she was to the whole day until Edward's like, don't worry, baby. I read everyone's mind and they were super scared of you. Yeah, until a man tells her how important she is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole thing about her superpower is so silly. Like, they were trying to figure out what her superpower is. Like, we already know Bella's superpower is passing out during the climactic scene. We don't We don't need a new superpower. You've nailed it already. It, and, and here's the thing. Like, she couldn't pass out anymore, so we just had to make sure the, the climactic scene passed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... um. Uh, one of the subplots is that Bella gets uh, fake passports for um, Jacob and uh, Renesmee. Oh, yeah, this is her big spy moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and she chooses uh, Jacob's <laughs> last name to be uh, Wolf. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is not terrible, I guess, but a much better one would have been if you're, you know, a 27 year old hanging out with a five year old. Is uh, Jacob? Not a rapist, because that's really what you're going to have to convince people of. Yeah, so you you want to lead with that. You want to get that get out ahead of that story. Yeah, Mister Not a Rapist. Well, that's trustworthy. Yeah, (laughs) obviously, if they gave him that ID, he can't be. (laughs) No, he seems totally legitimate. (laughs) So there's this odd philosophical thing that happens in the end of this book where. Like so, ter- they like. I guess she's explaining away all of the bullshit from earlier, but she's like, Bella always sort of had this superpower. So, like in some way, Bella was like destined to be a vampire. She's better off as a vampire. Hmm. Like that. So, and then there's also this feeling like somehow vampires, if if they only eat animals, are like more civilized than humans. It takes hmm. this weird turn. Like I, I don't know. I mean, like totally skipping over the fact that they're the demon dead and must be destroyed. You seem really... You're like a one-issue voter here, Alex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, the demon dead. Well, clearly, must be destroyed. 
<laughs> I, I don't like Van Helsing's view on, uh, on abortion, but I do like Demon Dead must be destroyed. So I'm going to vote Van Helsing in 2012. Oh, man. Uh, I'm writing him in. Previously on Mustache and the Wig. The president's going to call. Yes, Mr. President. There are suicides in the Pacific Northwest. Buy a flashlight from read-weep.com slash Amazon. The suicides are probably because of Twilight. Right, announcer? Yes. So what the hell do we do next week? Uh... And now, the thrilling conclusion of Mustache and the Wig, brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Mustache and the Wig. I see in the future that we decide to talk to the owner of the Twilight merchandise shop here in Forks. Yippee. I'll nap and you drive. One hour later. Charlie, we're here. Wig, this is just a burned down building. What the hell happened in the shop? The owner burned it to the ground. All those suicides must be because Twihards could could get their fix for merchandise and killed themselves instead. If only they had realized that read-weep.com slash Amazon is a great source for all their Twilight needs, including but not limited to vampire flashlights. Wig, doesn't it ever bother you that no matter what the problem is, read-weep.com slash Amazon always seems to solve it with flashlights? I... I had never thought of it that way. But I'm sure a vampire fleshlight from read-weep.com slash Amazon would take away those feelings and support your favorite podcast with a portion of the sale. Hello! Can anyone hear me? Charlie, it's the shopkeeper. He's still alive. Help me clear away this charred vent of vampire glitter. It's so sparkly. Thanks for saving me. And now I'll tell you what really happened. I had a meeting with Wilhelm von Flashlight, the creator of the Flashlight. He brought over some Jacob-themed warming gel lubricant. Yeah, it is very warm in this gel. My company just shipped it here from read-weep.com slash Amazon. We should try it, I said. The next thing I knew, the shop was ablaze. If that were true, shouldn't Wilhelm still be here? Hello, I am here under this crate of Chief Swan mustaches. I'll get you out. Hey, this is just cheap imitations. They have none of my luster or authority. He's too slippery, Charlie. I can't pull him out. Just use this Twilight-themed vacuum cleaner. Ugh. Yeah, that did the trick. Well, I guess we solved that problem, Charlie. The suicides were because of the shop burning down, and the shop burned down because of a faulty package of lubricant from read-weep.com slash Amazon. Once again, read-weep.com slash Amazon saves the day. Wait, it doesn't solve anything. I think this conspiracy goes deeper than we could ever have imagined. I think you pretty much wrapped this up, Charlie. You wish, announcer. Please, Charlie, as someone who can read the future, just let this one go. Now, this stinks something terrible. Yeah, honestly, I think that might just be me. Look, I'm not dropping this. Announcer, you know what I want to hear. Ugh, fine. <laughs> to be continued. Brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Most of our products will not... <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> More authoritative. Brought to you by read-weep.com slash Amazon. Most of our products will not light your junk on fire. But flesh and blood needs flesh and blood, and you're the one I need. Flesh and blood needs flesh and blood, and you're the one I need.
It's time for another Read It and Weep debate! Today's topic is, should Renesmee be destroyed? In the book, there are two sides. There are There's the Volturi, who think that uh, the baby must be destroyed, although their motives are not exactly clear. They say it is because she's an unknown quantity and could destroy them all. And the other side is Bella's family, which is like, nuh-uh. And uh, there are two obvious sides to that. However, I think we discussed this before the show. We did a coin toss, and we have all elected to say that she should be destroyed. Boom. But don't worry, uh, we will still offer you very different views on why she should be destroyed. Yes, yeah, so the question is mostly settled. Yes, she should be destroyed. The question is why. Who's reasoning will win the day? Yeah, so Chris will be judging us today. So Chris, uh, pick who you'd like to go first. Everyone will get one point, uh, and then we will have rebuttal time. Uh, for Alex, point. go first. Okay, great. Uh, here's my problem with Renette, uh, and she must be destroyed, is that uh, her power... Is, is just too arbitrary and convenient, and that can't possibly be safe. What do you mean she's, by that? She stops aging at age seven? Why? What does that mean? Everybody loves her instantly? Why is that? Why People people love her if she touches them? She has the power of mind movies? What do these mean? They're just whatever was convenient in the moment of the book, and I feel like if she lives forever, they might be convenient for her to destroy all of mankind. So you just can't trust a person whose power and description changes with whatever the author needs to cover for from earlier books. Alex, while you are completely right, you could not be more wrong as to why <laughs> she should be destroyed. It's clearly that she should be destroyed first and foremost because any sequel with her being alive would be really boring. That's, an, that's a great point. I mean, it's the wrong one, but it's a very strong point. I cannot believe I am, I am your friend when you could disagree about this. <laughs> I don't know how you could say something like that. It's offensive <laughs> that you would even try. Sarah, what do you think? I am disgusted by both of you. Because the real issue here <laughs> is that Renesmee is like the advanced kid in the class who has the parents who won't shut the hell up about how special she is. Oh, yeah. They're always going on about how Man. she's the most precious, unique, beautiful thing in the world. She would be the jewel in any vampire collector's collection. <laughs> she does amazing, brilliant things like communicate with colors, and probably her shit don't stink because she don't shit. Oh. <laughs> I, Who wants I mean, to look. hang out with that family, especially when they all end up the same age and they're all wearing pleated front khakis and their Sears portrait <laughs> studio portrait? <laughs> Sarah, I gotta, I gotta totally disagree with you on that point by amplifying it. Also, her parents spend twenty four seven with her, telling her how great she is. There's no way she develops a level headed personality or verbal skills. She is gonna be so annoying to hang out with. I have to agree. And 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 I, I Alex, you are, yeah, you guys are both spot on. And 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 again, I'm just gonna have to contradict you slightly by saying that these guys are basically uh, vegan vampires at this point they're not they're not just vegetarian right because they are very much holier than thou they can even create life that is not evil oh, <laughs> i cannot imagine having brunch with these guys without killing myself yeah <laughs> chris i don't know what you have to do there but do something uh you know what i believe that ezra's point about brunch was probably the most salient because i cannot eat hollandaise sauce in the presence of anyone who is repulsive yeah or full of themselves 
That's right, because only or, I'm able to be full of myself at brunch, because brunch is filling. <laughs> brunch is also the most pretentious meal of the week, so this would be a good place for Renith May to hang out. Absolutely. Yeah, and then she'll she'll just hang out and say things like, I love humans and wolf people like my Jacob. That's right. <laughs> One point to Ezra. Next point. Starting with Sarah. Uh, Renesmee should definitely be destroyed because she doesn't know what a bed is. Whoa, what do you mean by that? She's only ever fallen asleep in people's arms. <laughs> that makes her th- too soft? That makes no, her... it just means that she doesn't know the joy of sleeping in a bed. Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, Jacob's gonna show her right quick. Well, Aww. right six and a half years. That's true. Um, well, I'm going to say that then she should be destroyed to avoid the awkward situation of having been raised by the person who eventually has sex with you. I mean, there is no question. There is some grooming behavior going on with that guy. Not a fan. Nope. Not a fan. I am a one issue, a one issue executioner. I think this should be the one where we kill for. I think you're almost correct. The only problem is I'm also one issue voter. She should be destroyed because she's still the demon dead and they must be killed. To be fair, Alex, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you. She is a demon half dead or the half demon undead. I'm not really sure which. Uh, either way, I I say we round we round up with demons. Oh, just you got half of whatever, and then you just it's a hole. I think I think she is yes. I think she has got there's an original sin thing going on here. You're created by the demon dead and the super boring. There's no way she turns out to be not dead and not. Demon. Alex, I, I am very appalled by this convincing and and logical point that you have. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Chris? I would say that we're all appalled. Everybody loses. Ad <laughs> <laughs> hominem uh, agreement round, yes, I guess? I think so. Ezra, your facial hair grows in very fully, and it's Movember. Um, thank you. Uh, uh, Alex, you have distinct tastes in cakes and cakes you do not like, and I respect that. Uh, Sarah? Thank you for not killing us after we made you read all of this and talk about it for like three years. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Sarah, I think you, you managed you managed to re- maintain level headedness in the in spite of near perfect obstacles. Thank you. It was really difficult. And I'm appalled. I feel like I should also take this po- moment to explain that I was not the person who sponsored that castration book. I've never retaliated against this <laughs> podcast. I realized after listening to it the other week that it could be perceived by some as a revenge move, but it was not yeah, we me. Did not, we did not say the last name of that Sarah, but it is definitely not you, Sarah. I should say it's also not my wife, Sarah. Right. Yes, and, let's, and, let, us, let us clear all the Sarahs who did not sponsor that book. Although I mean, I would say it, it, it is not the responsibility of 99% of Sarahs. It is likely not Sarah Palin who sponsored the last topic. <laughs> we cannot confirm nor deny. <laughs> you know what we say about this podcast? No refunds. So, Chris, I guess it's time to decide between we, you, those. You, I think either you or Ez each have one point. Everyone yeah. lost in the second round, and then we had the ad hominem compliment round. Uh, agreed. Uh, you know, listen, here's the thing. Renesmee is an abomination. She's okay. never going to mature past seven years old. A werewolf has already imprinted on her, making her his spirit wife. <laughs> That's right, spirit wife. <laughs> Legally binding in six, six or seven states. As Alex has won one of the rounds, and Ezra and Sarah have t- 
tied for the second round. It all comes down to the ad hominem attack. I don't think I won. I don't think Close I even enough. accomplished I think <laughs> Alex won also. Oh, no! The round, the debate goes to Alex. What? Yay! Yay! Congratulations. But the resolution by all is that Renezme is not only the worst name ever for a baby, but also the worst character ever for a highly precocious, half-immortal vampire toddler. So as the winner of this debate, I hereby order that any future Twilight books have Renezme taken out of it and replaced by the nervous attorney Forger. (laughs) Who, Who marries the fat vampire? And Jacob in a love triangle. Great. <laughs> yep. Jacob likes some cushion for his pushing. Oh. <laughs> for his love pushing. <laughs> and that brings us to the second half of our compliment sandwich. It is now time to go in reverse order of our major compliments with our minor ones. Sarah. You will be first in the minor compliment, and the last thing you'll ever have, nice thing you'll ever have to say about the book version of Breaking. Oof. Mm. <laughs> um, I loved the Captain Planet vampire. Uh oh, the one who could throw the rocks and the water around and the air. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember his name or anything else about him except that he could control elements, and it was so tossed off. And then, like, he did it once, and it was the coolest. Wait, didn't he try to do it later when, like, the mist was coming and, like, he tried to fight mist magic with a strong breeze magic and didn't work? Yeah. Yeah, but then he opened a hole in the ground, which was also cool. I don't know. Maybe I was just looking for people to like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, maybe uh, the one that can talk to animals because he's got heart. That would be the one. Yeah. And a a monkey. That's pretty rad. Uh, I would also like if there was a monkey. Well, listen, I'll go uh, second to last because I think that's my order. Yeah, yeah, but before you do, let me just, let's just say, what if instead of, what if instead of draining the animal, what if you bit a monkey and just let the venom seep seep in and you'd have... Vampire monkey? Vampire monkey. Vampire monkey. You mean like the freaky monkey in Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl? Sort of, except it would be just mostly stand around and then complain and there'd be some talking and then nothing would happen. Hold on a second, Alex. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you're like a, a one-issue voter on Demon Dead Must Die, but you're already pro-Demon Monkey? Uh, I am absolutely pro-Demon Monkey, and I'm prepared to not analyze that philosophical sentiment any further. <laughs> well, I'm sold. Yep. Sounds solid. You sound confident. <laughs> like you have a five-point plan. All right, Chris, second to last, uh, your compliment. Jacob is not really in the second half of this book. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Just his smell, really. That is my compliment. Is Jacob, for all his abs <laughs> and slightly brownishness, is not in the second uh. half of this book. <laughs> the great thing about it is any part of Jacob, uh, Stephanie Meyer has at one point described as russet. So, like, he's basically... <laughs> Like, his lips, his skin, his hair, his eyes, like, it's all russet. Like, would be great if she described part of Jacob as Yukon gold. Like, <laughs> uh, new bliss. potato Jacob. The, yeah, he's, uh, he's the, just as red. Yeah. This is his red potato raging wolf boner. Yes. <laughs> how, how could they really know if it's all russet? 
Uh, well, it would be also hard because if everything is russet, it would just like blend in, so you would not know where like leg ended and 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 howler began. Oh yeah, it's all. It's just all. It's all the Jacob. <laughs> all right. Uh, that leaves uh, Ezra. That's me, Ezra. Your, your yeah. compliment. Um. Okay, so I'm gonna file this under like too little, too late, but nice try. Mm-hmm. Um. In the last ten pages of the book. Stephanie Meyer realized that the werewolves she had described for four books made no sense as werewolves. And so she said, I guess they weren't actually werewolves. That whole argument, it seemed like everything <laughs> she was doing, she was like trying, apologizing for the things she'd messed up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, I real like werewolves this. are European and only change into wolves with the moon. So what Jacob's people are, are shapeshifters. Which sound, the way she wrote it sounded like it was straight out of a comment on a message board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just great, though, because I feel like they would have taken a step further. It's like, and actually, come to think of it, real vampires don't sparkle or have powerful, like... We're just, shape, uh, we're just shapeshifters also, but the only shape yeah. we came up with was awful. No, we're just douchebags. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're right. douchebag shifters. <laughs> douchebag shifters. And and actually, douchebag shifters don't, don't even have, like, stupid, creepy, like, vampire half-kids either. I... I think we're just characters in a shitty book. <laughs> and technically, <laughs> Bella, you're not an interesting person. And then she just disappears. <laughs> yeah. And then the book ceases to exist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So that, that leaves my turn. Uh, so my my minor compliment is... Uh, so Bella's vampire power, superpower, uh, was it existed when she was a human, basically, which they've never, ever heard of before. Yeah. Well, so where did that come from? It must have been genetic. So, so where did that come from? It, the only thing I can figure out, it must have come from Charlie's mustache. Oh. Because that protects him. <gasps> it protects his upper lip from getting cold, just like her power protects her friends from getting vampire mind screwed. I think. Huh. <laughs> and what, what is a mustache if not something that keeps you from having sex? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is Charlie's upper lip's wet blanket. <laughs> yeah, you know what they say about mustaches? The condom of the face. <laughs> All right, well, that's it. That brings us to the end of our show. Uh, we will be back again next week talking about the Breaking Dawn movie. So uh, definitely send us. This is your last chance. Send us your uh, your goodbyes to Twilight so we can play them on the show next week. 509-588-1280. Call us, leave a quick message, 90 seconds or less, or text us haiku, lyric, limerick, uh, brief song that you wrote. Anything. We'd love to hear it. We'll play it. Goodbye to Twilight. Also, uh, it seems that a couple of us are going to post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash read and weep, where, we, where and when we're going to be enjoying this movie. So if you're thinking about going to a midnight showing and you wanted some snarky company, check it out. We will have some events there that you can RSVP to if you want to join us in the theater. Also, if you're creepy, don't come. <laughs> but, uh, so no no creepy people. Uh, but other than that, that'll be fun. Come watch a movie with us. Okay, uh, so that's it. So we'll be, we'll be back in next week. Thank you for being here as always, as and Chris. Of course. Of course. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us yet again. We really do appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Twilight Sarah, as they call you on, on the bus. Uh, do you have anything you want to pimp for us this week? Um, not 
especially this week. I guess if you want to go see a good movie, go see Argo. It was delightful. Ooh, that was so good. I didn't know that was yours. It was so good. <laughs> um, it, it was it was really good. And if you want to come see um, a good improv show, come see Meridian at the I.O. Theater in Chicago, Illinois. Nice. Awesome. Uh, wherever you are, you can make it. Yeah, it's worth it. Yes. Start driving now. It's three Michelin stars, guys. It's worth its own trip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is it. Uh, thank you, everybody. We'll be back again next week. Goodbye. <laughs> My raging howler. Yeah, I was gonna say it was a howler. In the wild, all poverty. Yeah. yeah.